What is up, guys? Welcome to the Meeple Minded Podcast, the podcast where we talk all things tabletop gaming. My name is Jason, and joining me again this week is our man from the newsroom, Paul. How are you doing this week, Paul? I'm even better than last week. Look at that. Two weeks in a row. How about that? Yeah. But Ian's enjoying his little jolly off time, though, isn't he? Well, I hope he is. See, you all make me out to be some, like, horrible dictator you know but yeah i'm actually quite a merciful guy he asked for holiday i said yes it's holiday yeah how much did he pay you (laughs) nothing i I am starting to think that maybe i should have charged him at least one game you know yeah i don't like the fact that his collection is about the same size as mine both of us pale in comparison to your board game collection though don't oh i don't know i don't know it's uh (laughs) it's approaching the 140 mark i think yeah i think i think we're a little bit behind you so that's right and unfortunately for you, Kickstarters are, are a thing, so. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> and yeah, I'm not going to even mention how many I've got waiting to come in. So, uh, I can my... safely say at this point, I only have three outstanding, so <laughs> I'm I'm a happy man. Pretty <laughs> sure my partner is as well. So. <laughs> oh, oh, I get it. You say there for her. So what have you been up to this past week? Had any more chances to play games? Uh, no chances to play games. Unfortunately, the uh, bus business keeps on rolling. So uh, I've been busy, busy, busy with work. Um, I'm just had notification. I got a couple Kickstarters inbound. Nice. Um, I kickstarted the Railroad Inc. collector set. So I've got the green and purple editions coming with the uh, nice posh collector's box. Mm-hmm. And I can't, for the life of me, think whether I ordered the red and the blue one as well. So I might be a bit more money spending if I need to bulk out the collector's box with with all the little Diddy expansions, alien and zombie things. and Yeah, so that might be quite good. Nice. Yeah, I think I recently had the uh, notification that Bristol 1350 is imminently inbound. Oh, I have not and, received that yet. Yeah. Yeah, and I believe our uh, our good friends over at Stop, Drop and Roll have got their pugs will be delivered Ooh. very soon as well. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. we are looking forward to that. But anyway, let's get on to, to today's topic because right before we got ourselves to recording last week's episode, Board Game Geek announced their winners for the uh, the Board Game Geek Awards. So... We thought uh, that we would actually be interested in going through them, through every category, seeing the winners and seeing the runners-up, and giving you our opinions on them. Now, obviously, we are not, like, we don't do this for a living, so we have not had the chance to play every single one of these games. But we do know what these games are, most of them. And yeah, we're going to give you our opinions on them. Are you are you ready to give people your opinions, Paul? I can positive, negative, or moot. Yeah, uh, don't feel don't feel you have to be positive here. You know, I, I'm I'm on the podcast, therefore it's nearly always negative. You know, <laughs> <laughs> I have to get my negativity out somewhere. So oh, here we go. Fair enough. So we're gonna we're gonna go through the post as it is on the board game geek um, in the category selections. I know there was a couple of new categories this year, so we'll see what they're like when we get to them. But the first one is two player games. Now the winner was Undaunted North 
Africa, with the runners-up being unmatched, Cobble and Fog, and the second runner-up being Imperial Struggle. Now, I could say personally, from my my standpoint, two-player games are not my forte. I don't own that many of them, so I don't actually know any of these exactly, but I have had a look at them. Um, and it seems to me that Undaunted was a, a pretty good winner. Yeah, it's not something that would uh, jump out at me initially. But yeah, I'm willing to give anything a go. So uh, now that it's claimed the uh, top spot, it may see me play it if somebody brings it to a game day or two. Yeah, exactly. It's it's a game that I would definitely try. Um, like I said, unfortunately, two-player games are the ones that tend to get least played for me because obviously when we are running gaming events in person, it tends to be the larger games. And when I'm at home, I tend to not play the two-player games either because it's more solo or online games so yeah um we won't talk too much about the two-player one we'll move on to the next one because this award is possibly the one that i get the most excited about and that is artwork presentation now the winner this year was on mars with the runner-up being lost ruins of arnak and the second runner-up being coleco now these are games we know a little bit more about don't we paul or on Mars has been on my watch list for a very long time. Unfortunately, I missed out on the Kickstarter when it was out, so uh, I've still yet to play it, but it's still high on my to-play list. Mm. Um, you know, when I think about exceptional artwork, I think back to last week's episode when when I think about Wingspan, and that and that truly is like an amazing art piece, whereas on Mars, not so much. But at the same time, it's not terrible. So I, I can see why people like it. Um, I personally would have had Lost Runes of Arnak uh, as the winner out of those three. But yeah, I mean, no, I, I don't know much about Coleco. So yeah, my, my vote for that one would have been uh, Lost Runes of Arnak. Um, I, I, I've seen the artwork for that and it looks absolutely fantastic. So yeah, Lost Runes of Arnak for me. Yeah, I'm just going through some of the artwork on the uh, Board Game Geek website for the uh, On Mars game. And yeah, it just seems like a relatively straightforward planet board. It doesn't seem to be standing out at all. But yeah, no, I probably would have gone Lost Ruins of Arnak because that looks pretty looks pretty wonderful, actually. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so, uh, yeah, I think that's the first one I, I actually disagree with. I, I feel the runner-up was the more worthy contender there. So, yeah. Uh, and even calico it's mm. it's just hexagonal bits of material yeah yeah i don't know interesting no, no, no. interesting i mean this is this is one of the, the the reasons i i i like to go through the awards because sometimes the the winners are interesting and of course the board game geek awards are done by popular vote so obviously there's enough people out there that that feel that way so interesting mm-hmm. but yeah moving on the next category is card game. Now, I'm not surprised at the winner for this one. Hmm. I don't necessarily agree with it. <laughs> <laughs> the winner was Dune Imperium. Yeah. How many times do you hear people talking about that at the moment in the board uh, game community? Yeah, yeah. Absolutely hundreds. Yeah. <laughs> um, it's a game I haven't played, and I'm going to get some hatred for that. I know I am. Well, I'll get some more hatred because I haven't played it yet either. But uh, I, I'm not a huge fan of the the theme. Uh, I know plenty of people that that have played it, and don't get me wrong, looks like a fantastic game. But 
yeah, I mean, because of my inexperience with it, the runner-up was Fort, and the second runner-up was Oceans. Now, I love the artwork on Fort. It's obviously very dissimilar to uh, Root, being it's the same uh, artist. But yeah, I, I love Fort. It's a really good game. I, I would have personally done that, but I'm saying that purely on a on the grounds of I don't really like the theme of Dune, and I've not played it. So that, that that's my two pennies worth. What about what about you? Yeah, I've uh, not played Dune, but the the artwork looks great. What was it done for? Card game. That's okay. Yeah. Um, yeah, it, it's something I'm interested in playing. Uh, I've seen a couple of playthroughs and things. So yeah, I, I'm a huge sci-fi nut, and so I'm looking the the themes all in for me. Um, so I'm quite happily to jump into that. At any given opportunity, but I have played four, and again, that's a fantastic game. All your pizzas and your toys mm. thrown around. Yeah, yeah. No, no, that was a very good game. I played with my um, brother-in-law and nephew, so yeah, nice. we thoroughly enjoyed that. So yeah, card games winner, Dune Imperium. It was it was going to happen. It's a popular game. Um, I don't think it's you know I've not actually been through this list fully yet, but I do not think that's the last time we're going to be talking about Dune Imperium. So <laughs> let's carry on. Uh, next one is probably a category that I should love an absolute. I, in fact, I, I do. I love this category. Um, it's Ian's favourite type of game, and that is cooperative game. So the winner it is Gloomhaven Jaws of the Lion. I have. Much to my dismay, I have not played this game as of yet. I have watched countless playthroughs. I know plenty of people that play this, and they rant and rave about this game so much. So I'm not surprised this was the winner. However, talk about some really, really tough competition. The runner-up was Pandemic Legacy Season Zero, and the second runner-up was Forgotten Waters. How do you feel about that winner and those runners-up, Paul? Well... Co-op's something that I will play. It's not my tend-to-be-go-to, but I can't not expect that to have happened. Um, I mean, Gloomhaven was just an abomination when it came out. Everyone <laughs> had it. It was everywhere. And again, Jaws of the Lion came out, and that was taken up by pretty much everyone that had Gloomhaven. So uh, yeah, it's certainly not surprising. And again, the whole pandemic legacy thing because apparently there's something going on in real life that's something similar i don't know what's that's all about yeah, yeah. and uh again forgotten waters i haven't played but uh yeah co-ops uh a thing that ian loves so much so uh i'm sure he would have had some uh few words to say about it yeah i know uh ian probably have his th- uh his vote thrown in for pandemic legacy on that one okay um but yeah, I mean, Gloomhaven always always makes me laugh because, you know, it was on Kickstarter twice. The first time round, it didn't actually do all that great, yet the second time round, absolutely smashed it. And then, of course, just last year, we had Frosthaven hitting Kickstarter and breaking all records. So yeah, I can expect to see Frosthaven on, uh, on these lists a lot next year, I'm going to guess, when it fulfills. Moving on, Expansions. Right. Oh, the oh, yeah. Ooh. This 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 is a tough one. This is a real tough one. So the winner of the expansions category was Wingspan Oceana expansion, with a runner-up 
being Root, the Underworld expansion, and the second runner-up being Spirit Island, Jagged Earth. They are understandably the top three contenders for the expansions. And you can't really go wrong with them, really, can you? I don't think you can. I, I would say literally any one of those was worthy of, of the winning yeah. place there. Personal opinion, I would probably say Root would be my personal favourite expansion there. However, as we were talking about last week, I, I am absolutely in love with Wingspan and the Oceana expansion just adds so much to that game. Uh, I take it you've played the Oceana I have, yes. Yeah, that's right, yeah. Spirit Island, this is where I know Ian is going to throw his two pennies worth in. He absolutely loves Spirit Island, so his vote would be for for Jagged Earth. So I think uh, every single one of them worthy of of winning. So, yeah. Any uh, any other expansions you can think of that you would say is worthy of, of winning? Well, I suppose... There's plenty of expansions coming out for your Marvel's Champions and things, isn't there? There is. So, yeah. uh, s- but again, they're they're relatively small rather than sort of game expanding expansions. Yeah, aren't they? yeah, exactly. I mean, that's the thing when I think about expansions and and when we're talking about an award for it, the expansion has to demonstrate that it it, it brings enough to the table, something fresh, something new. You know, how does it change the game? Does it break the game? Is a, is a vitally important thing for me because if it breaks the original game, then it's a terrible expansion. Yeah. So yeah, I think, like I said, every single one of these is worthy because they have not done anything wrong. Yeah, you know, they've not done anything bad to the original game. So okay, now this is an interesting one, and this is actually going to be very difficult for me because I know I haven't played any of these three. However, I've heard a lot about them. The next category is innovative. Now, the winner of this was Micro Macro Crime City with the runner-up, the Search for Planet X. I heard that name a lot. And the second runner-up being Beyond the Sun. Do you have any opinions on this one, Paul? Well, I've seen plenty of information on Micro Macro, and it's something I really want to get. Mm. Um, and it, to be honest, it's not that expensive. But no. again, it's a case of trying to find it first. It's an expansive piece of paper, apparently. Um, full of people wandering around and you have uh, envelopes to open, don't you? Yes, and yeah. something to try and solve. You have to work out where that person was 10 minutes ago sort of thing. Mm, so you have yeah. to track him back through the city. But So, yeah, that's something I would love to play. Yeah. Um, the other two I haven't I've, I've heard of, I haven't read too much about, so you'll have to fill me in on those. So yeah, um, Search for Planet X is the one I know probably the most about. While 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 a game I still haven't managed to get to the table, uh, you know, thank you COVID, it draws me in again with the whole sci-fi side of it. The board itself is absolutely stunning, but the gameplay itself looks looks fantastic. It really does. I think I would I would probably agree with this because I, I'm in the same camp as you. Out of the three there, Micro Macro is probably the one I want to play the most. It attracts me to it the most. But I would say Search for Planet X is a very, very, very close second for me. Mm-hmm. Um, but again, the, these kind of awards, they really sort of set me up for what games I really want to play through others' recommendations. So expect Absolutely. to hear a bit more f- about that from us very soon. Yeah. Okay, so the next category is Lightweight 
game of the year and it's back it's the winner of the last category micro macro is the winner of the lightweight game of the year with the runner-up being project l and the second runner-up being santa monica again i don't think i can argue with this from the playthroughs i've seen of micro macro yeah it's definitely in the lightweight category and a, a very worthy winner yeah, yeah, I can certainly see that. Um, but I can't speak too much because Project L is one of my Kickstarters I'm still waiting for. <laughs> oh, so that's interesting. Like, again, how are people voting for, for Project L if they haven't got it yet? Or is this one that because, you know, we're in the United Kingdom, we get shafted? <laughs> Probably, yeah, yeah. That could well be the case, yeah. To be honest, I'm actually looking through the Kickstarter thing now because I can't remember what I pledged for. <laughs> that goes to show how many I've got still to come. I can't remember. Oh dear. Well, I think we'll have to check back in with you in the uh, in the near future when it has delivered, and uh, we'll yeah. ask you that question yeah. again. Should it have been the winner, or should it have been absolutely the runner-up? Oh yeah, once I've played both. Mm. Exactly. <laughs> okay, so the next one, as you might guess, is the medium weight uh, game of the year, and this is going to be another tough one. The winner of this one was Lost Ruins of Arnak with a runner-up of Dune Imperium and Coleco. I am shocked, absolutely shocked, that Dune Imperium didn't walk this one. What about you? Really? No, no. I'm not too surprised by it, actually. Um, I mean, Lost Ruins of Arnak does look amazingly beautiful and Dune Imperium does look beautifully playable. So... I, I could have taken either one. Mm. Yeah, I mean, personal personal opinion, as we've already touched on doing Imperium earlier, I, my vote goes to Lost Ruins of Arnak on this one anyway. Um, it, its gameplay definitely appeals more to me. Um, as I said, the theme for Dune, just, it, it's a bit of a disconnect for me, but they both look like really good games and very worthy contenders for you know Game of the Year in the medium weight category. Coleco, it, it, it's up there again. It, it seems yeah. to be sneaking in there, and yet I don't know all that much about it. So I'm thinking it needs to go on my list. Picture on the front's cats, and there's lots of cat tokens and material. And well, I'll have to keep that one quiet because my my partner's a crazy cat lady. So oh. <laughs> so I, I can see that one adding its way to the collection soon. Then that's right. <laughs> <laughs> right, moving on. Heavyweight game of the year. Uh, they stole this. It shouldn't have been that way around. No. Oh, no. There you, go. No. you can already see that Paul's seen it. So the winner of this one is Gloomhaven, Jaws of the Lion. The runner-up was on Mars. And the second runner-up is Viscounts of the West Kingdom. So, Paul, you've already voiced your opinions. No, no, no. Viscounts should have won that one. <laughs> I am a huge advocate of the West Kingdom trilogy. <laughs> and Viscounts is amazing um i've got the whole trilogy um and they're great i'm just about to run out the um tome saga i think it is where i can play three all three back to back and uh carry stuff across so uh, i'm seriously looking forward to that so yeah for me that should have been at the top and all through that trilogy the games got better Mm. and more complicated yeah Especially from the uh, architects to paladins, that was quite a huge step up. And Viscounts was the same again. So yeah. 
although I taught my wife architects, I probably wouldn't jump her into paladins too quick. Right. And again, necessarily Viscounts as well. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, yeah, that, that seriously was the playthrough for me. But again, I've not played Gloomhaven, any mm. of them. So, um, yeah, I'm still going with Viscounts for that one. Yeah, I think we're going to have to make sure we get Glo- Gloomhaven Jaws of the Lion to the table soon. Um, but I'm actually in the same ballpark as you. Viscounts uh, Vic- uh, Vic- of the West Kingdom is my choice. I, I would have had that as the winner. Um, on Mars, again, looks like a good game, but Viscounts is, is definitely the winner for me in my heart. The category that I literally know next to nothing about is print and play. I've never printed and played a game. Um, I've seen a few of them. So this one I can see a steamrolling through very quickly because I don't think either of us know much about it. But the winner was Seven Wonders Duel Solo. Uh, how the hell do you duel solo? But <laughs> okay, I, I think, to be honest, that's just a rule set for the Seven Wonders Duel game. Mm, yeah. Um, I mean, I own Seven Wonders Duel. Attempted to play it with the wife. That failed miserably. Oh, okay. And uh, I played it a few times with my brother online on uh, Board Game Arena. Yeah. Um, so it's up on there, and it's it's quite a well translated game. Yeah. Um. So uh, yeah, uh, I'd like to give it a go. I'm sure you will. Yeah. Um. The runners up for that were Rolling Realms and Ticket to Ride Stay at Home. Um. As you can. <laughs> As you can probably guess, a lot of these came out because of the uh, yeah the, the global pandemic. There was a point where the likes of Asmodee released a lot of their games as free print and pl- print and plays in order to keep you know gamers happy at home. So I have a lot of respect for the companies for doing that. But yeah, print and plays not really my bag. So what was Ticket to Ride Stay at Home? Then was that just Ticket to Ride, and then you print out a load of blank cards? Yeah, well, yeah, I'd imagine so. Yeah, <laughs> I was gonna say, oh, is it just because the, the 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 railway companies weren't operating? Obviously, yeah, could, could have been. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So moving on, let's move on to solo games. Another one I'm not super keen on, but I have started to solo game a bit more recently. So the winner of this was Under Falling Skies, with the runner-up being Gloomhaven, Jaws of the Lion. It's there again. And then finally, the next runner-up was Lost Runes of Arnak again. So it seems this year, the runaway victories and, and nominations were going to be Gloomhaven and Lost Runes. Um, but Under Falling Skies, do you know much about that game? I used to watch a program called Falling Skies, but I don't think it's anything to do with that. But it looks <laughs> mightily similar to Space Invaders. And I uh, did pick up that on Kickstarter. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah, it does look mightily similar to Space Invaders for some reason. Yeah, I I, I would say that it's probably a, a much more. Again, I've not played it, but the the board itself looks amazing. Uh, I really do like it. I I really like the little um the ships. Yeah, on it they, they look they look fantastic. It's quite a small footprint game, which I like. But yeah, I th- I think it's really good. I I, I think that's a worthy winner. Uh, again, it's a lot of videos I've watched on it. It's not one that's I, I've played. However, with my new obsession with playing games solo when I'm at home, I can see this one adding its way to my collection very, very soon. And the other two we've spoken about already. We have indeed. And uh, we're going to be talking about one of them immediately straight after, which is Thematic Games. The winner 
Can you guess it? Gloomhaven, Jaws of the Lion. <laughs> We're runner-up on Mars, and the other runner-up is there again <laughs> is Dune Imperium. Now, okay. this time, I have to actually stick up for Dune Imperium because when I think of thematic games, I think which is which one best captures the theme. And at the end of the day, Dune Imperium kind of has a theme that it has to catch because it's IP-based. Absolutely, yeah. It's it's June. It is. It has to have a theme relating to something that people know about. Yeah. And not everyone knows of Gloomhaven. No. But I'm sure plenty of people have watched Dune, whether it's the uh, original film, the books, the uh, TV series, or the upcoming reboot. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, obviously, it doesn't have to be done on an IP base or anything like that. And it is all about yeah, the actual theme of the game, which is where I can say, yeah, Gloomhaven probably does deserve it. But for me personally, I think Dune Imperium just captures the actual, you know, well known theme that is Dune. Um, and add in your, the expansions they've done for it as well. That would be my vote, I think, um, just purely because it captures an already existing theme. Yeah, absolutely. War game category. Not one I'm super clued up on. And a couple games there we've already seen. Yep. Undaunted Africa is there as a runner-up again. The winner being Imperial Struggle and the other runner-up being Versailles 1919. Again, I don't want to speculate on this one too much because I don't know enough about this category. It's not a type of game I play. If I play a war game, I'm playing a tabletop war game in the sense of Warhammer, Crisis Protocol, Star Wars Legion, that kind of stuff. Um, I'm not really into war game themed board games personally. Yeah. I mean, I'm just looking at the Versailles 1919 box. It's not something that would jump off the shelf at me. No. Um, I mean, I wouldn't say no if somebody wanted to play it. Mm. But, uh, yeah, it's not something I'd go out of my way to play. That's fair enough. Now, the next one is a brand new category for this year. And I, I mean, first and foremost, I'm going to put my two pennies worth in there and say the name of this category is awful. It is <laughs> terrible. Uh, and that is Zoomable Game. I mean, I'm pretty sure my seven-year-old could come up with a better name than that. <laughs> Um, sorry to anyone who did come up with that, but that is a terrible name. You just call it the Meow Game. Exactly. <laughs> but yeah, anyway, Zoomable Game, as you could probably guess, with the pandemic, it's designed, it, the category is for games that are played well over Zoom calls. And I haven't done this at all because, you know, I have Tabletop Simulator. I have, <laughs> yeah, there's Board yeah, Game board. Arena. There's many different ways of playing games online without having to do it over Zoom. Let's just look past the name of the category. The winner of this was Forgotten Waters. The runner-up was My City. And the second runner-up was The Search for Planet X. Again, not a huge... I don't know enough about these games to really comment on them. However, my main issue really with Forgotten Waters and the reason I haven't played it to this point is it's for three to seven players, which is a bit of a weird number to start with, but it's also 120 to 240 minutes. It's a long, long game. And you know what? I'm not, I don't think I could sit on Zoom for that long. 
I don't think the free trial version will let you either. Oh no. So yeah, that's uh, that's an interesting one. Um, but it's Plaid Hat Games, so yeah, they're they're a pretty good games company. They've probably come up with a good game. Not really for me. Um, if I had to pick one out of those three, it'd be Search for Planet X, just purely because I love the theme and the look of the board. So okay, there's two there's two more categories left, so not long left, guys. So second to last category is best board game app. Now, actually, Paul touched on this a little bit last week. Um, with the winner is Root. The runner-up being Wingspan, and the second runner-up being Cartographers. So, what are your thoughts on that, Paul? Um, I think Wingspan is fantastic. To be honest, I've only ever played the beta. I mm. didn't fork out whatever amount they were asking for the main game once it did come out, but it was good. There was a lot of interaction on the board, a lot of uh, nice bird song in the background and things like that. So, mm. that was certainly a good game. I do love Cartographers, who was another runner-up. Um, I do only own the hard copy version of that, and I do love that. Um, so much so as that I uh, blew up the paper mats, oh, the paper sheets that you get with it, for the, because it's a roll and write. Yeah. And had those laminated, and I carry around um, huge A4 sheets for that. So it, it nice. helps out certainly on uh, board gaming days. Um yeah. And yeah, to be honest, I haven't played Root yet and I haven't played the online app version either. Yeah. Um, so it, it's a game that's on the radar and I probably play it online before I play it in person, I suppose. Yeah, I mean, the only one I can really... In fact, I've, I've played two of these. So I've played the Root one or used the Root one and Wingspan. And I actually agree. I think Root was a worthy winner there. The Wingspan one is is great. But Root is just that little bit better. Just a bit more refined, I think. So yeah, that's the best board game app. Now the final category is, let's be honest, a travesty. Absolutely. It it was stolen. It really was. (laughs) It's basically, the category is for best podcast. Now, the winner is so very wrong about games. Runner-up is This Game is Broken. The second runner-up being... Board Game Barrage. Now, I listen to a crazy amount of podcasts for the Tabletop Gaming, and I have to admit it, the guys over at So Very Wrong About Games are fantastic. They probably would have got my vote. But, you know, the question is, why is our name not in there, Paul? I I have no idea. Did you put (laughs) the paperwork through? Oh, no, I don't think I did, no. Well, it's done by popular vote, so actually, it's all your. It's it's you, the Absolute, listeners. It's your it, fault. That's it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So, what we're saying next year, we need to get. We need to actually, you know, push this. See yeah. if we can get yeah. our name up there, <laughs> or, or sabotage everyone else. One oh other. yeah, yeah, one of the two. But yeah, um, I listen to all three of those. They're they're all on my subscription list. But yeah, so very wrong about games is is one I do not miss an episode. They are a couple of really great guys they have good banter they're very similar to us in that sense you know playing off each other but yeah they're probably the best podcast out there that isn't us so (laughs) i'll go along with that that's absolutely fine but yeah that is all of the awards awarded from board game geek for the year of 2020 yeah it's not bad actually it's quite nice to not see another wingspan whitewash which was last year Um, absolutely yeah yeah 
there are a few in there, a few questionable ones in there. Um, but there's definitely some games in there that are now on my radar and I will be playing this year without a doubt. Yeah, and certainly plenty on my list. Mm. Um, I might pop on to our friendly local online gaming stores in a moment (laughs) (laughs) and purchase a couple. Oh, yes. Ah, dear. But yeah, any any other, anything you want to mention about that before we pass over to you in the new shed? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Oh, hang on. I'll put my trainers on. Get ready. <laughs> um, I mean, out of all those games that were mentioned, would you have a top game out of all those? Uh, do you know what? Probably if I had to pick one out of all the games that were mentioned that I would love to go and play right this very second, I'd probably go Lost Runes of Arnak. I love the look of it. I love the artwork of it. I love the style of the gameplay as well. You know, it's a game that could be played really quickly or it could take ages. You know, there's a big difference there. You know, it's it's a medium weight game. It can be played solo, which is something I like. I like games that have the ability to be played solo, but don't lose the fun aspect. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, that, that would be mine. If I had to pick one out of all of them, that would be my game of the year personally okay yeah uh, I'd, I'd probably put viscounts up there mm. just because i absolutely love that and i suppose project l should go up there as well even though it's not arrived yet <laughs> <laughs> he'll get it soon <laughs> yeah hopefully anyway guys what do you think about the golden geek awards we've heard you've obviously heard all the winners you've heard us talk about talk all about the runners f do you agree or disagree we would love to hear your comments on that on any of our social medias, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. Just search for Meeple Minded Media. Find us on our Discord as well. Links to that are in the podcast description. Short of that, Paul has run out to the shed to bring you the news for this week. So I'm going to hand over to future Paul now, and I'll see you in a minute. Will you just come here? What do you mean, Why? I just want you to come here. No, you've not done anything wrong. Well, last week's rude bird names did get a little vulgar, but they were actual bird names, so we couldn't do much about our listeners' lewd thought processes, could we? Anyway, can you just come here, please? I just want a hug. Yeah, we're allowed to now. Doris and his quiz show mates said that we're allowed to. Yeah, I just want a hug. Ah, that's nice. Oh, sorry, a bit too tight. There, that wasn't so bad, was it? See, nothing to be frightened of. And that's going to make it easier to grab you later to wash your mouth out, you little bugger. Oh, nothing, nothing, just talking to myself again. Should we get on with the news, shall we? That's cool. In 2018, Wizards of the Coast and Hasbro released the Transformers trading card game, which allowed us to take on the roles of our favourite Autobots and Decepticons in a battle of wits as we drew cards, upgraded and transformed our characters in the ever-longing battle of good versus evil. Unfortunately, in the summer of 2020, despite retailer and community growth, Wizards didn't believe they were meeting the expectations of the broader fanbase and decided to cease support for the brand and the product. 
But it wasn't long until we heard news that publishers Renegade Game Studios had picked up the licenses from Hasbro, not only for Transformers, but for G.I. Joe and My Little Pony. Renegade had already successfully taken on the Power Rangers license and released Heroes of the Grid miniatures game, and with a deck building game due for imminent release. Then comes the news, or should I say a board game geek entry, that new title, Transformers the deck building game is in the works and due out at some point this year. The design credits are going to Dan Blanchett and Matt Hyra, who both have worked on the aforementioned Power Rangers deck building game and Vampire the Masquerade expandable card game. I posted a reply to a comment on the board game Revolution community when the Transformers deck building game image went up, noting it had the same designers and that maybe it would be a reskin of the Power Rangers deck building game. But it only took a couple of hours for me to be put right as Scott Gator the president and publisher at Renegade Game Studios and self-confessed 80s geek who actually replied, It's not a reskin, we wanted the best Transformers experience. The Power Rangers one is perfect for the Power Rangers, but Transformers needed its own game. And he went on to say that G.I. Joe will be unique too. That's right, you heard it here first. Not only are we expecting a Transformers deck building game, but a G.I. Joe one is in the works too. The information on the board game geek entry is all we have to go on so far, so until we know more, meeples roll out! A brand new UK based board game publisher and localization publisher has appeared in the form of Bright Eye Games. Bright Eye Games has been created by some of the team over at PSC Games, a very local publisher to us here at the Meeple Minded Studios in Sussex. The new studio will focus on games that specifically bring friends and family together. Notably, this includes the Kickstarter success that was CoraQuest, the incredible game coming in January 2022 made by father and daughter duo. It's a cooperative dungeon crawler for up to four players, You'll explore a dungeon, avoid traps, find treasure, fight monsters, and apparently even rescue the odd gnome named Kevin. The game was fully funded back in February with £156,000 and well over 5,000 backers. This makes a great addition to the new lineup of Bright Eye Games as a family made game that offers families with kids over the age of six an opportunity to get together at the table. The version set to be released by Bright Eye Games will contain contributions from creators such as Paula Deming from Things Get Dicey and Watch It Played's Matthew Jude. That's not all though as Waggle Dance and Termite Towers also confirmed for September 2021, both designed by Mike Nudd, who you may recognise from Dice Hospital. Waggle Dance has you control worker bees building a beehive, collecting nectar and making honey to outmaneuver your opponents, where Termite Towers follows up with this offering new mechanisms that build upon that of Waggle Dance. It's a world of dedicated builder termites competing to complete their section of the mound first, asking who will be the termitiest. There's also a mysterious new game planned soon, which we'll keep an eye out for in the near future. Odd as it is that publisher Wizards of the Coast waited nearly three decades to smash its two biggest games together. The upcoming Adventures in the Forgotten Realms set for Magic the Gathering received its first dose of solid information and included a few new card reveals. Taking the place of the annual core set normally released in the summer, Adventures in the Forgotten Realms lets players travel to the eponymous world that serves as the current fictional setting of the ultra-popular 
tabletop RPG, Dungeons & Dragons. Plenty of friendly and not-so-friendly faces will be gracing cardboard alongside a likely horde of deep cuts and references to game night staples. Wizards of the Coast began by showing off a series of basic lands from each of the game's five mana colours, sporting fantastical artwork that looks as if it could grace the interior of an official adventure book. The cards feature something new flavour text. The prompts address an ostensible party in the second person and describe the landscape in the tone of a dungeon master at the beginning of a session. This is the first time flavour text has appeared on basic lands and fits to the role-playing theme of the set quite well. Not content to leave fans with just beautiful landscapes, Wizards also previewed five cards that further sell the sword and sorcery theming. Portable Hole will be familiar to any veteran players as a neat combat trick and cheap storage for cumbersome loot. Power Word Kill is a lethal spell in Dungeons & Dragons that can instantly send targets under a certain hit point threshold to the afterlife. Prosperous Innkeeper actually does a couple of neat things beyond introducing a very affable looking proprietor. The card provides a treasure token that can be used as mana and gains its control of life when they play more creatures. A happy innkeep is one whose dining room and purse are both full after all. This reveal also adds Halfling as a new creature subtype, where the game historically used plain specific terms like Kithkin. This aligns with D&D Parlace and points to the likelihood of seeing other specific typing, such as Dragonborn. The storied Vorpal Sword will also enjoy a card adaptation in the upcoming set, introducing a wicked new win condition that hangs over opponent's head like that other metaphorical sword. Excellent as a cheap source of death touch, and boosted power, Vorpal Sword can also cause a player to instantly lose the game if they take damage from it while powered up by its secondary ability. It's costly and inefficient at 8 mana, including 3 dedicated black mana, but enticing enough to tempt daring cardslingers. Final spoiled card revealed the dragon god Tiamat as a legendary creature at mythic rarity. The queen of chromatic dragons takes a bit of all five mana colours to summon but immediately lets the player fish five other dragons from deck to hand, playing into her lore as the harbinger of draconic doom and feared despot. Dragons have been a mainstay of Wizards of the Coast's two main games, so Tiamat's headline inclusion here makes a lot of sense. As players have seen in several past sets, Adventures in the Forgotten Realms will feature a set-specific border treatment that can be found in the various sealed booster packs called Classic Rulebook Frame. The alternate art paints cards to look like entries in old bestiaries and monster manuals. Adventures in the Forgotten Realms will initially hit Magic the Gathering and Arena and Magic the Gathering Online, the two digital clients, on July the 8th, with a physical release arriving at local game stores on July 23rd. Pre-release events will take place prior to that from July 16th through to the 22nd. And we're heading on over to Kickstarter now, and the first game up is Vengeance Roll and Fight, Episodes 1 and 2 by Mighty Boards. It's for 1 to 4 players, or up to 8 players if you buy both episodes. It takes about 30 minutes to play, it's for ages 14 years and over, and it ends on Monday, May the 31st. Vengeance Roll and Fight is a real-time roll and write game where the frantic action around the table mimics the kick-ass fighting action in the game world. Set in the world of Vengeance and designed by David Tursky, Norali, Lubas and Gordon Kalija, Vengeance Roll and Fight is a standalone game that transforms the fast-paced dice puzzles of the original Vengeance 
into a roll and write mechanic where you're building combos, striking off enemies and scoring points for an action-packed, brain-teasing fighting game that's easy to learn and hard to master. The aim of Vengeance Roll and Fight is to infiltrate a gang den, carve your way through its rooms and killing the boss, while completing side objectives printed on the den themselves. The game is split into three parts, planning, fighting and montage. In the planning phase, players roll and re-roll four dice in real time, aiming to roll a combination of dice that match an ability they wish to trigger in the upcoming fight phase. Assigning dice to an ability allows players to fill their hand back up to four dice from a large common pool and repeat the process as quickly as they can manage. Once the dice pool is depleted, the fighting properly begins. Here players take a set of dice assigned to an ability and execute that said ability, moving their piece through rooms full of enemies and crossing them out when they are hit. Finally, players heal and upgrade their characters, bring new abilities and items into play to help them on their road to vengeance. Vengeance Roll and Fight comes in two boxes, Episode 1 and Episode 2. Both episodes are standalone games with the same rules but with entirely different content. Different heroes, dens, bosses, abilities and items. Each episode accommodates up to four players, so combining the two increase the player count from 1 to 4 to 1 to 8. And the pledge levels are £21 or $29 just for Episode 1, £40 or $55 for Episodes 1 and 2, £57 or $79 for Episode 1 and the original base game of Vengeance. And if you want Episodes 1, 2 and the original game of Vengeance, that will set you back £71 or $99. And next up is The Market, a pocket game by G. Wesley Cohn. It's for 1-2 to two players or 3-4 to four if you buy a second deck. And the game only takes 5-10 to ten minutes. It's for ages 14 years and over, and it ends on Wednesday, June the 2nd. Set in the same world as Emprean Hero, the card game, the market, a pocket game, revolves around the citizens of Placa. While in 2021, Placa stands as a beautiful, cobbled neighbourhood in Athens, Greece, with a rich history and appeal that attracts the famous and well-known. But the year is now 2121, and Placa has seen an economic boom that resulted in skyscrapers and extraordinary commercialisation. Much to the dismay of the locals, the greater the growth, the greater the form. From the One Day War and the Great Eruption to the Cataclysm, the world of Tempo came to ruin and the consumer industry died, and with it, any and all economic investment in the city of Placa. Yet hope remains. In the market, a pocket game, you will harvest igneous soil, farm fiddleheads, synthesize photonic light energy, and take it all back to the market to attain more permanent resources. A light and quick game with more than one path to victory, you will find yourself breaking this game out time and time again due to its rapid gameplay and flexibility for an array of gamers. Playtested and vetted by an array of some of the brightest and most critical gamers for balance and flow, players must adapt their strategy each game per their opponent's choices and whatever happens to turn up in the market. And it's £9 or $12 for one deck, access to the tabletop simulator version and a print and play. £18 or $24 for two decks, making it a 3-4 to four player game, the print and play and access to the tabletop simulator. And for £36 or $50 you get one deck, access to the print and play and tabletop simulator and a limited leather wallet by Loyal Strickland in Nashville to store your deck. 
Further pledges are available, and they include art cards and prints. And lastly, on Kickstarter is What the What by Stacey Katz and Well Why Not Media. It's for 3 to 10 players, it takes about an hour to play, it's for 14 years and over, and it ends on Saturday, June the 12th. So here's to the dreamers, the tinkerers and the triers, the kinda sorta problem solvers, the not so clear on the concepters, only you can grant them the patents and register their ideas, but the one thing you can't do is buy their product, because, well, do we really need a self-saluting hat, or a combination bathtub and rocking chair? But you have to admire them for giving it their shot, for try try trying again to invent contraptions they believe will make them a buck or two, or even make the world a better place. What the What is a playful and hilarious tribute to the inventor, hustler and problem solver in all of us. Now gather with your people to play, ponder and pitch because that's what What the What is. What the What is a 3-10 to 10 person party game where players compete to invent outrageous new uses for genuine old time inventions. Featuring audacious attempts, fantastic fails and kooky contraptions from the world's patent archives. Researchers from the Smithsonian and White House Historical Association have spent hours curating a hundred inventions from circa 1581 to today. Whether it was a lack of access to funding, cultural constraints, or an inability to share their message widely, the majority of these inventions never got past the patent or prototype stage. But with your help, we can now bring them to life. Think of it as an historic dragon's den. And we can pick up the base game for £22 or $30. Base game and a digital information booklet is £32 or $45. The base game and the Not Safe for Work expansion comes in at £40 or $55. Yet the base game, the Not Safe for Work expansion and the digital information booklet for £50 or $70. Or get all of them again, but in a premium box with embossed gold foil for £89 or $125. And we're heading on over to events now. Remember, if you're planning on heading for Birmingham, UKGE this year, tickets are on sale now from their website and the show's app. Dave is running Trinity Gaming Cafe, a Lewis board game group, on Thursday evenings from 7.30pm to 11.30pm at the Trinity Centre, Arbinger Place, Lewis, BN71QA. It's only £3 a head with a tuck shop on site, so head on over to the socials to book yourself a space. But if you can't get down to Lewis on Thursday, then I'm sure Worthing Board gamers will be more than happy to welcome you into their online realm so head on over to their socials to show them your interest and that's all from the two of us this week so uh, say goodbye to these lovely people brian and it's a goodbye from me so look after yourselves meeples stay safe keep those dice rolling the cards shuffling and we'll be right here for you next week i know i've got to get back over to jason but how I'm traveling, I don't need trainers. Watch this. Thank you very much for that, Paul. And uh, yeah, it's, it's it's actually been an interesting one going through the, the Board Game Geek Awards because it's not something we would usually do. And it has actually highlighted to me that there's a lot of games out there that are classed as being some of the best that I haven't played. So I'm thinking we need to change that. Absolutely. So we need to build a time machine. We need to earn more money. 
<laughs> in order to play them. Definitely, definitely. So yeah, anyone who's local to us, if you own any of these games, you know where I am. I really want to play these things so that I can change my mind. But uh, yeah, short of that, have you got anything else you want to add today? I don't think so. I think uh, we've uh, taken up enough of these wonderful people's time. (laughs) Indeed, indeed. Well, if you have stuck around for this long, guys, thank you very much for listening to us. Um, Not really sure what's happening next week, but we will be back regardless of what happens on Tuesday, as always, to bring you more tabletop gaming gossip news and all of that jazz i have been jason and i'm paul and we will see you next week game safe have a great one goodbye bye bye